What's up, Buttercups? How you doing? How you doing? Are we surviving or are we thriving right now? I don't know about y'all, but I am straight survival mode lately. Um, it's been it's been a shit fucking storm, just one thing after another. So if you are in the midst of a storm, just remember that the the sun will shine again. The sun will shine again. We don't know when, but the sun will shine again. Ev has been fucking sick. We She stuck something up her nose and we ended up not being able to get it out. So she had to go under and, you know, we had like the repercussions of her going under and like just a whole bunch of shit. We ended up spending the weekend in the emergency room and then she got sick and then my husband got sick and y'all know... Y'all know when the husbands get sick, it's even worse than when the kids get sick because like the the world's about to fucking end and they can't do anything and they cry more than the kids. If you know, you know. So I had to deal with that. And that is why we're coming in a day late and a dollar short with this podcast episode. But you know what? As my homeboy Drake once said, better late than never. He did go on to say never late is better. But you know what? We're just going to leave it at better late than never. So we're coming in. It's Thursday. It's Friday Eve. You know, hopefully where you're at, the sun is shining. Here it is dreary as all get out. And all I wanted to do was cuddle up with a good old book and sip some peppermint hot chocolate while we're on the subject of, of sub, blah, blah, blah. words are fucking hard y'all and I ain't got the energy to try to edit nothing so y'all are just gonna have to deal with it I mean we all know that this podcast is a clusterfuck but you know hopefully you get some good shit out of it but like I was saying while we're on the subject of books let me talk to you about my top books of the week so we have read since Last podcast episode, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight books, and we've listened to two audios. Um, so the icebreaker audio, it was like a fucking sensation on the on the TikTok on the TikTok. I don't know if that's what the cool kids say. It's been a sensation on TikTok, and I was like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna listen to it. Let me tell you what that book is god awful. It is not good. It is way too long. It is way too drawn out. And the female main character is way much of a bitch. Like, I'm not even going to give it much of a time of day. I don't really get what the hype is about all of, all of it. And to for people to say, like, oh, my God, this is the spiciest book they've ever read. Like, let hold my beer. Let me share some spicier recommendations for you so you know what spice really is. This book it was like a two on my scale. I mean, and his dirty talk wasn't even that great, but I do listen, read a lot of dark, dark romance and their dirty talk is immaculate. So we're going to leave that at that. So what is my top book of the week coming in at number one? It's going to be Bring Me Back. So this is by um, Kristen Granada. I'm probably butchering that last name, but you know, don't sue me. Um, And it is a mental health awareness book. And as somebody, I don't know if a lot of y'all know this, or maybe you do if you know my story, but I suffer severely from depression. Um, I had really bad postpartum depression after my second daughter, but I've suffered on and off with serious depression 
for as long as I can remember. And so this book really talks about the effects of depression. The female main character in this book, she ended up attempting to take her own life. So she ended up having to go to a mental health facility. I think it was like almost two years that she was in this mental health facility. And so once she got out, she was, you know, ready to reclaim her life and take back control and really work through her issues through therapy and stuff like that. Well, she ends up moving into her father, her late father. She lost her father, the house he left her, which was their shore house. She moved into this house. And on the first night she was in this house, somebody broke in, legit broke into her house. She's losing her shit, calling the cops. Well, the cop that she called was next door, right? So he's over here like, ma'am, I'm here. She's like, how the fuck are you already here? He's like, I, I live next door. I got the call. Well, <laughs> she's like, I'm not coming out until you handcuff that intruder. He ends up handcuffing the intruder. Little do we know the intruder is actually his son and he was there looking for his brother. Um, his brother has struggled a lot with drug abuse and substance abuse and stuff like that. So it's a really big, I would say, I don't even know if there's a mental health trope, but I would say if there is a mental health trope, it is lots of trigger warnings with depression, suicide, overdose, substance abuse, all of that things. Um, but it is a really good read. And when I tell y'all, it had me bawling. It had me bawling. I was crying my eyes out. It's not very spicy. It was only like a one on the spice scale, but I feel like where it lacked like spice, there's a place for it. And this book wasn't it. This book was like really serious. And I always, and I say, this book is going to be a tool I'll use. If somebody knows somebody with depression and they might not understand the inner workings of the, of the brain with somebody that's depressed versus somebody that's not clinically depressed, this book would be a really good tool. So maybe you have a loved one that suffers from depression and your mind just don't work that way, right? Like you can't understand why somebody would be so upset when literally they have nothing in their life that should be causing this amount of distress, this book would be a really good tool because it talks a lot about, you know, the difference in the brain when you're depressed and the way your outlook on things and all of that. So anyways, it was a really, 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 really good book. Bring Me Back by Christina, Christ, Kristen Granada. Um, and then on the less heavier side, we have uh, The Mistletoe Bet. So The Mistletoe Bet was a novella. It's really short. It's uh, like a spicy, uh, hallmarky kind of novella. I always say it's like when I was reading it, I literally was picturing Hallmark, but add a little bit of spice. It was so good. Um, it's all about this. It's like a reverse grumpy sunshine. She comes back to her hometown after many, 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 many years being away at working, you know, trying all these things. Well, she comes back. She's like the Grinch who stole Christmas, right? Literally the Grinch. Her brother's best friend makes a bet with her that he can get her to start locking Christmas again um, in like seven days when she's in town. So they go out on this like he goes out on this mission to have her enjoy Christmas again. And it's just really freaking cute. And there is some spice. It's not like insane amount, but there is some spice. And if you're wanting one that is like literally light your ass on fire spice, go read Tangled in Tinsel. Like when I tell y'all that book was 
spicy. It was spicy. It was so hot. It's a Christmas full length book. It's a reverse harem. So there is four dudes, one chick. Um, yes, all group play. It's a very interesting take. When you like try to picture group play, I don't know if y'all are like this, but me, I'm like, where, how is their leg and that and this and I can't get it. But anyways, it makes for a good read. So this girl, she gets stranded in a cabin in the middle of a snowstorm with her four very hot, very, very hot bosses. Um, and I love this book for one reason. And one reason, nah, there's a lot of reasons I like this book. But the main reason is, so the female main character, her name's Samantha. But what the, the author does is leave she doesn't describe the female. So you get to kind of picture her any way you want. So you can picture her as a curvier lady. You can picture her as yourself. If you're, you know, have a want to get railed by four dudes, like, I don't know what you want, but you can picture any which way you want to, which is really cool to be able to do. But she does describe the four guys. And it's really cool to see how she's able to put all four of their personalities in such a short, because this is a very, very short book for it to be a reverse harem. That's like less than 300 pages, but it's, a, it's literally so good. So I loved it. The Christmas dirty into windows had me sent. Like I literally was cackling. They were so funny. Like she, at the beginning, she was like, she's like, baby, I must go. And then one of the guys was like, but, but baby, it's cold outside. And I don't know why I started like dying when she was like maybe I should go and then he's like baby it's cold outside but that's just like the beginning and then her best friend well not her best friend it's like her sister but also her best friend where she's like you're going to get your stocking stuffed you little ho 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 merry christmas I was literally sent it was so funny so if you're looking for a good holiday read as we're going into christmas week I 20 out of 10 recommend that one as well as the mistletoe bed. If you're not wanting anything super scandalous, the mistletoe bed is a really good one. Okay, so those are my book suggestions. Don't y'all forget, next month we are going to be starting our virtual Be That Bitch book club where we get to like get on Zoom together, chit chat with cocktails, talk about a book, um, and it's going to be all amazing. I'm so fucking excited. I'm going to get merchandise. Like literally it's going to be the best fucking time. So more to come on that. Um, it will be over on Patreon. So just you'll get extra bonus like content with the podcast, all the stuff. So be excited. I'm fucking excited. Hold on. I need a sip of water. Don't forget y'all. If you're new here, every time I let a cuss word fly. You got to take a chug of water. My goal is by end of this call, you're going to be one hydrated bitch. There's going to be no reason why you can't drink all the water. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get into the meat and taters of this podcast episode, why y'all are actually here, and I'm going to share y'all my eight simple tips and things you can do to see success in 2023, because what we're not going to do is repeat all the fucked up shit we've done each year that have led us to little to no success. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. 2023... 
we're not going to declare it our year because I feel like that fucking jinx you and then it just ends up being a shit storm. I mean, do y'all remember the catastrophe that everybody said, 2020, it's going to be my year. It only comes around every 10 years, a new decade, blah, blah, blah. And literally the entire year was a dumpster fucking fire. So we're not going to do that. But what we are going to say is we're going to go into 2023 choosing a different method and being proactive instead of reactive. I feel like that is the mentality we need to go into in 2023. So without further ado, I'm going to share with y'all my eight simple tips. Alrighty, y'all. Number one, if God created it, stop stressing it. Y'all, I'm just going to be frank with y'all. Um, people fucking overcomplicate nutrition. Like, there are so many people worrying about all the right and wrong things they can do when it comes to nutrition that they sock themselves out and they shut down before they even get a chance to just consume the fucking food. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna simplify nutrition for y'all real quick. Just simplify it to the 10th power. If God created it, stop stressing it. Ain't nobody where they are in life because they ate too many fucking bananas. They're just not. I can't tell you how many people are like, you can't eat a full banana. Why the hell can I not? Oh, you eat potatoes. They're going to make you fat and you're not going to ever lose weight. Why the fuck not? Y'all, it's food. Focus on whole foods. Focus on nutrient-dense foods. Focus on the shit that grows in the trees or in the ground. And you will be so much further in your nutrition journey and you'll feel like so much more freedom than you ever have. Nutrition does not have to be so fucking complicated. You're not going to find yourself a year from now 30 pounds overweight because you ate too many bananas or because you consumed too much fruit or because you had too many sweet potatoes. Like, no, it's going to be because you went through the fucking Taco Bell drive through too many times. It's going to be because you found yourself elbows deep in a family size bag of Doritos. It's going to be because you found yourself being lazy and going through a drive through and ordering a quarter pounder with extra trees. Trees. <laughs> extra cheese large with a sweet tea, right? It's going to be because of all those decisions, not because you ate fucking fruit or because you ate a whole banana instead of a half a banana or because you consumed a baked potato. So coming in hot with our nutrition, just rant real quick. I just want you to go into 2023 saying, if God created it, ain't no sense in stressing it. It is okay to consume. Meaning, potatoes, totally fine to consume. Y'all, I've lost, I don't even know how much weight. Y'all know I don't fucking pay attention to that. But I have lost a shit ton of weight and I eat the fuck out of some baked potatoes. And guess what, y'all? I even put sour cream on them and not Greek yogurt. Hold the fucking front door. Allie is such a rebel without a cause. Like, y'all, I feel like so many people stress nutrition, overcomplicate nutrition, feel like there's some fucking secret code that if they unlock it like fucking Da Vinci's code, then they're going to have all the answers and a holy grail of fucking results. That's not how it happens. Food is something we cannot avoid. We literally need the shit 
to fucking survive. And so if we stop spending so much time stressing about eating the right thing or the wrong thing and just spend more time planning our meals, spend more time being intentional with our nutrition decisions, spend more time asking myself, is this worth it to me or not? Spend more time being intentional instead of mindless. You will see so much more results but you will also see way less stress. And then thus, you will see way more consistency. So that's number one. If God created it, quit stressing it. Number two, and for all that is holy, drink your fucking water. (laughs) I feel like there was a nicer way to say that, but drink your damn water, get your movement in, and go to sleep at a decent hour. Now, The third one I struggle with sometimes because y'all know if a good book is calling to your soul, not even Jesus Christ himself could put you to sleep. But it is so important to get sleep. So I make sure I get at least seven hours every single night. But y'all, drink your water, make your move your body, do some intentional movement and sleep. A bunch of my clients and me are starting 30 strong in January. And if y'all don't know what 30 strong is, it's a challenge I created Um, basically it's like my lifestyle challenge. It's what I do every single day, but it is a challenge to those that don't. And it really promotes healthy, sustainable results as well as consistency to create habits that will benefit you. So 30 minutes of movement every day, drink a gallon of water, take a progress picture every day, read 10 minutes of personal development, um, get outside for 10 minutes. So it's these little tasks on top of each other that create healthy habits and really change your life. If you want to do the challenge, um, you can do it with us by joining. Just send me a DM and we can chat. But if you want to do it by yourself, um, you can always go to the link in my bio and my Instagram at Allie Griffith and there's a free, um, like you enter your email and I'll send you a copy of it so you can do it alongside us. We start it on January 9th if you want to do it with us. But regardless, So we're doing this 30 strong challenge and there is a gallon of water drinking. When I tell y'all, I have never seen so many grown ass women bitching about drinking a gallon of water that I have ever seen in my entire life. So let me put this frank because y'all know I don't sugarcoat shit. I always said growing up, I don't sugarcoat it because if I did, I'd probably eat that too. (laughs) That was back when I didn't have control over my nutrition, but still I don't, right? We're fucking adults. Right? And part of being an adult is doing shit you don't want to do because you know it's in your best interest, right? You would rather deal with the, not deal with the consequences of not doing it. So you do it anyways, right? Because every single, every single decision we make has either a positive or a negative reaction, right? So we know if we don't change our daughter's diaper, right? She's going to get a diaper rash. We don't want to deal with that. We don't want to deal with the crying. We don't want to deal with being a neglectful parent. So we change their diaper, even if we don't want to. Same way of like fucking feeding our, like feeding our family and cooking supper, right? Well, if I don't feed them and cook supper, then they'll probably starve or we go out and eat and we ain't got that kind of money. So I got to do it anyways, right? Like you'd rather not deal with the consequence. So let's just look at it like this, right? If you do not drink your fucking water, there is a consequence. One, 
Usually when you feel like you're obsessing with food, it's because you're dehydrated. So that's a big consequence. If you find yourself overeating a lot and obsessing about food, it's probably because you're dehydrated. Another consequence of not drinking enough water can also be that you could die because you literally need water to survive. So, I mean, I'm being a little dramatic there. You're not going to probably die if you don't drink a gallon of water, but... I'm just saying, y'all, drink half your body weight in water. You will see not only your your skin will clear up, you'll be a lot less cranky. I always say a hydrated bitch is a happy bitch because you're not fucking cranky. You you spend too much time drinking water to deal with other people's bullshit. So just drink your fucking water, pull your big girl panties on, and drink your goddamn water. Like, I just, there's not really a nicer way for me to say that. Let me, with that, drink some water because I feel like I said a lot of cuss words right there. Okay. Make sure you get your movement in. I don't give a fuck how you get your movement in. Again, so many fucking people complicate this shit. And it does not have to be that complicated. Yes, if you're looking forward to achieving a big fitness goal, if it's like running a marathon or a bodybuilding competition or anything like that, you do need specific workouts and specific ways to achieve those specific results. But if you are just an average bitch that are wanting to get average results and get fucking healthy and live a fulfilled life, you don't need to fucking overcomplicate this shit, right? You don't. If you're not trying to do extraordinary things like fucking go and build a 12 pack and walk across the stage as a physique model you don't need to stress about exact macros and exact weightlifting plans and all this shit you just need to move your body you need to move your body in a way that brings you joy right so maybe that's weightlifting maybe that's mma maybe that's cycling maybe that's running if you're like me right or maybe it's you know kickboxing or fucking yoga or dance i don't give a fuck what you do just find a way to move your body every single day my goal has been always i want to move my body every day 365 days a year for at least 30 minutes now that's not always a fucking workout sometimes that means i'm jumping on the trampoline with my kids or i'm going on a walk to look at christmas lots or i'm fucking cleaning my house deep cleaning it y'all know that's a fucking workout right like it doesn't matter how you get your movement in just making sure that you get your movement in every single day that has actually been my big goal for this year is i wanted 365 days of movement and y'all by golly i'm almost there and i ain't stopping anytime soon like i know a lot of people are like you've got to have your rest days you got to have this and yes I do believe in taking rest, but that does not mean you need to sit on your ass and veg out. A rest day could also mean you just do less, right? Maybe you stretch, maybe you go on a little walk, maybe you, you know, like do fucking yoga. I don't know, whatever you like, but you can have active rest days. I don't believe there is any benefit in sitting your ass on a couch and not moving for 12 hours while consuming endless amounts of television. I don't find the benefit in that and I don't see it benefiting anybody's life. So maybe you feel like you are married to those rest days. Ask yourself this, right? And this is something I asked myself. I said, Allie, if you want to build a habit, do you have to do that frequently? 
Because the answer is yes. Anytime you take a break from something that you're trying to build a habit, you've got to restart. So if you're trying to make movement a habit, but you're stopping every fourth day or every fifth day, no fucking shit if you're struggling with making that a habit, right? But if you're doing it every single day, regardless of what in different forms, then it's going to be easier to make that a habit. The other thing I ask myself is, did those did rest days where I sat on the couch benefit me or hold me back? And the answer for me is they held me back, right? Because I legit would fuck and do nothing. I would sit on the couch. I would veg out, which then would promote me to eat more. And I always found myself elbows deep in a family size bag of Doritos sitting on the couch, sipping margaritas. Like it just, it was never beneficial to me. So just ask yourself that if you find that rest days benefit your life, then you by all means do you boo. But I will tell you as somebody who has moved their body every single day for the last year plus, but definitely a year, I have found so much more benefits and staying consistently moving every day for at least 30 minutes, but not being strict in the way that I move. So like I said, some days would be low key. Some days it would be higher key. I would listen to my body. If I was sick, I would just do a stretch. Or if I was feeling anxious, I would go on a run. I wouldn't feel married and committed to doing a specific type. I would just do whatever I felt in my body to do. And it would make me feel less like bogged down and like, like I don't like being told I have to do something at a specific time and specific day. I like to have freedom. Um, but I know that was really ranty and I know I kind of lost my cool a little bit there, but y'all, I'm just saying maybe if we spent less time bitching about not having the time to work out or the time to drink enough water or yada, 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 we would actually have more time to find solutions. Remember y'all what I say all the time. What do I say? I'm sure if you guys listen to me all the time, you're going to know what I'm going to say. You can't find solutions and excuses at the same time. Our brain can only find one or the other. So you're either looking for solutions or you're looking for excuses, which means you're going to find solutions or you're going to find excuses. You can't find both simultaneously. So stop spending your godforsaking time trying to find all the reasons why you can't work out, you can't drink this amount of water, and just start finding solutions, right? Okay, next one, number three. This is really simple when it comes to nutrition. And I know you're gonna be like, Allie, you sound so freaking stupid when you say this, but I feel like I need to say this. So many people get so worked up on, I need to have these correct macros, I need to have this, I need to have this, and they get so stressed about nutrition. It really boils down to this, right? We already talked about if God created it, stop stressing it. But number three is don't eat when you're not hungry and stop when you're full. I know, as somebody that was a chronic overeater, as somebody who was a chronic binge eater, when I when I thought anyone would say this, I would fucking roll my eyes. Like, it's not that simple. I don't know how to stop when I'm full. I eat so fucking fast. I My hunger cues and my full cues don't match up, and then I end up feeling stuffed and way over full. But y'all, there's ways to start training your body to know when to stop when you're just about to go like be full. So, cause no one, I mean, let's be fucking real. Nobody loves that feeling when you got to unbutton your britches because you're so freaking full, it's uncomfortable. And then you beat yourself up because you ate too much and then you feel bad and yada, yada, yada. They, the saying goes, right? Everything in moderation. And once we learn to stop when we're full and don't eat when we're not hungry, 
it's like a whole spectrum opens for us that we realize no matter what we eat, as long as we have control over how much we consume and when we consume it, it's not going to do irreparable damage to us, right? So for me, example for this year, this year, I have not really followed a nutrition plan much at all. I focus on prioritizing protein and veggies. I focus on whole foods and I focus on eating every food group, but I haven't followed a specific quote unquote meal plan this entire year. Have not, except for 75 hard at the beginning of the year. But after I did that, I didn't follow a specific meal plan for the rest of the year. I lived by this mindset. Don't eat when I'm not hungry and stop when I'm full. So what I would do is I would force myself to slow down my eating. I would talk more or I would, and this sounds really bad and I'm sure people are gonna say that's distracted eating, but I would literally read while I ate because while I read, it makes me slow down eating, right? Like if you're watching TV and eat, you can mindlessly consume. But if you're having to focus on reading, there's not much like mindless consumption because sometimes you even forget to take a bite, right? So I would like read while I ate or something like that. Anything I could do to slow my eating down so that I could really focus on how much food I was consuming and how it made me feel. Another big tip on teaching, making sure you train your body to know when to stop when you're full is start with small portions and then give yourself like 10 minutes and see how you're feeling. And then however you're feeling, go back for seconds. Start with a smaller portion for the second, right? So a first small portion, second is even a smaller portion. 10 minutes after that, if you're still hungry, go back for even smaller portion. I do this all, I did this all the time in the beginning when I did not know how much food would make me feel good and how much food wouldn't. Y'all, learning to trust your body again, learning to consume food without all these rules, it takes time, it takes effort, and it's gonna take you getting uncomfortable or you really getting comfortable with the feeling of feeling uncomfortable, right? And so yes, this is uncomfortable, not having all of these crazy rules, not knowing, gotta fucking weigh your food, like I am sorry, but everybody's saying you've gotta weigh your food and make sure it's all this, like ain't nobody wanna do that for the rest of their lives, and once you get rid of that scale and you go back to living in your life, then you're going to gain it all back. I don't want to do that shit, right? I need to learn to trust myself, trust I know how much food needs to go in my body, and trust that I am eating enough to benefit. Now, trust me, I do still have food rules, right? Like, I still limit my alcohol to, you know, one drink throughout the week and two drinks in the weekends. Like, I still limit my processed food consumption. I am training for a marathon right now, so I am having to be really conscious about my protein my carbohydrates. I eat with the mindset of this is to help aid in my goals. This is to either give me enjoyment, right? And that's one thing like I always say, y'all, food is meant to be enjoyed and it's meant to nourish. So there's not foods that are good and there's food that are bad. There's foods that are good for you and there's foods that are good for your soul. And if you're just fucking eating food just to eat it and it's not good for you or good for your soul, why the fuck are you consuming it, right? Like, Y'all, I'm telling you, the more we simplify this, the more that we are not going to set ourselves up for failure and the more success we're going to see. So just 
Don't eat when you're not hungry and stop when you're full. Really allow yourself not to get fucking starved to the point where you're ravaging, right? But to the fact where you're like, okay, I could eat right now. Like I'm pretty hungry or, oh, my stomach. I know I'm starting to feel hungry. Like now my body's on freaking clockwork. Like every single day at the same time, I'm hungry. It's crazy. And now I know because I know my hunger cues, right? So like every single morning at 9 a.m. I have to eat because I am like, I am hungry. Hungry. <laughs> Every single afternoon around 11:30, I'm hungry. I need to eat lunch. Every single afternoon around 2:30ish, 3 o'clock, I'm hungry again. I need to eat a snack. Every day around 5:30, 6 o'clock, I'm hungry. I need supper. Like every single day at the same time, I know when I need food because I've learned my hunger cues and my body's on like this freaking weird biological clock. And that's really where we want to get, where we know. All right, it's time. Like, I know I'm hungry, all these things. Okay, next one. And this one might be harder for some of y'all than even the food. But we've talked about how to take care of ourselves through nutrition, through water, through movement, through sleep. But this one is starting to focus on taking care of yourself mentally. Number four is stop talking to yourself like an asshole. I am telling you, ain't nobody has ever been able to bully themselves healthy. You ain't. It's not going to work. So stop trying to bully yourself into doing the shit that you know you need to do. Have you ever tried to bully your child into cleaning their room? What do they do? They usually shut down and they don't want to do it. But if you talk to them nice and you like you work with them and you show them why they need to do this, they're more likely to do that, right? That's what we need to do with ourselves. We need to start being fucking nice to ourselves. Stop looking in the mirror telling yourself you're a piece of shit. Stop stepping on the scale and telling yourself you're a fat slob. Stop talking to yourself like an asshole. You're not going to be able to get positive reinforcement by talking to yourself like that. You deserve respect just like you give to everybody else. Yes, you might not love yourself right now, right? You might not be obsessed with yourself right now. You might not be happy with the choices you made. Does not mean you need to talk to yourself worse than you would talk to your worst fucking enemy. Like the fact of the matter is so many of us will say things to ourselves that we would not say to our worst enemy. And what does that say about the way we perceive ourselves? What does that say about the way that we view ourselves, Y'all, when it comes to seeing success in your health and fitness journey and finally losing weight and keeping it off, a lot of people think it just starts with calories and movement, but that is a very small fraction of what it takes to actually see lasting success. What really it takes is changing what's in between your ears, changing your mindset, changing the way you perceive movement, perceive fitness, perceive yourself, changing the reason of why you do these things, right? Instead of trying to better your, like fucking like create a new you, you're focusing on bettering yourself, right? Instead of focusing on fixing, you're focusing on improving, right? Like you're not fucking broken. The woman you are right now is a beautiful, magnificent, amazing woman. She is not broken. You, she does not need to be fixed, but she could be improved, right? You can still improve something without it being broken. And so just go into this saying, you know what? I might not feel like a badass bitch right now, but I know the more I focus on loving myself, the more I focus on becoming to terms with who I am right now instead of focusing on who I was or where I want to be or yada, 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 
I will be able to learn to love myself eventually. Remember y'all, be that bitch. Even if you haven't to faith it until you make it. Okay, number five, spend more time in your future and less time in your past and even your present. I know that this sounds weird, right? A lot of people say be present, focus where your feet are. And I believe that is so true, right? But I also believe there's so much power in doing things with your future self in mind. Now, I will say if any of you bitches, I hear any of y'all say, I just wish I was I was as skinny as I was in high school. No, we're not doing that. I just wish I wouldn't have gained all this weight back. No, we're not doing that. We ain't focusing on all the coulda, woulda, shouldas of what we did in our past. Because guess what, y'all? Unless you've got some hot tub time machine, you can't go back and change that shit. So you might as well stop using your valuable energy that you already bitch about not having enough of to focus on how you can change your future instead of focusing on the shit that you cannot change in your past. You are a different woman than the woman you were in high school, right? You are a different woman than the, you were a year ago. You are different. And if you're spending so much time focused on trying to be that person, you're going to miss the opportunity to be a better version because your future self could be even better, right? Like y'all, I'm telling you, I spent so much time wishing and praying, especially after I had Ev and I was in the, the fix of postpartum depression, spent so much time wishing and praying I could go back to how I was a a year before I had Ev, when I was like my healthiest and I was fit and I was loving life. And I spent so much time trying to do exactly what I did back then to get to where I was, that I was so stuck in who I was then, I would have never allowed myself to be who I am right now. And I am just going to say, who I am today is so much fucking better than who I was when I was 23 and 24 and even in the best shape of my life back then. Because I am in even better shape now and I would have never allowed myself to do the things that I do now, like fucking run marathons, if I was so focused on trying to do exactly what I did before. So I'm just saying, y'all, the more you spend time focused on on the past and trying to compare you to who you were, the more opportunities you miss to be even better in your future. So spend more time with your future self in mind. Ask yourself this when you make a decision. What would the future bitch that I want to be, what would she decide to do right now, right? When you're faced with the decision on should I engorge myself on 12 dozen cookies or should I eat one or two cookies? What would your future self do, right? If you find yourself stuck in a rock and a hard place and you said you weren't going to drink throughout the week because you needed to control your alcohol, but one of your girlfriends said, let's go do bottomless mimosas, what would your future self do? What would the person that you would want to be? What would the person that you're going to be, you're working so fucking hard to be do? Because that is what you should do. If we spend that much more time focusing with our future, future self in mind, we're going to act like the bitch we eventually want to be. And that, my friends, will get us there so much better and faster. All right, now let's go on to number six. You got to take it one day at a time. And hell, you even got to take it one meal at a time, one decision at a time. You just got to take it in small little increments. How many times have we focused on, gosh, 
I feel like I'm never going to lose this hundred pounds that I want to lose. Or I feel like I'm never going to be able to do this or that. Y'all, you got to remember to be able to get to the top of Mount fucking Everest. What do you have to do first? You got to start with that first step. You got to start with that first climb, right? To eventually get up there. If you're climbing the Lady of Liberty steps and there's a gabillion steps, you ain't just going to be able to like fly to the top. No, you got to take it one step at a time. So that's the same way you've got to think about your approach to getting healthier. It's make, taking it one decision at a time, one meal at a time, one workout at a time, one pound at a time, because guess what, y'all? Every single person has to do things a little bit at a time. What is that? What What is that like saying everybody puts their britches on one leg at a time? It's the same way with weight loss. Everybody loses one pound at a time. So if you're focusing on staring at somebody saying, gosh, I don't know how this person did it. They did it one pound at a time. They did not let the crippling fear of how I'm going to lose all this weight, stop them from focusing on the here and the right now. You've got to look and break it into small increments. That's specifically why I never set a weight loss goal. My goal has never been weight loss. I always say the worst tool you can ever use when going to be healthy is a fucking tool that can fluctuate worse than a woman's mood while she's PMSing. Like, I'm just saying... The fluctuation in a scale is alarming because you can literally step on it at the same scale three different times during the day and get three different numbers. Like, how can that fucking be reliable? So I, for one, do not condone people going uh, with weight loss goals. But if that is something that you're God set on, right, then you got to take it one pound at a time. Don't think about it in terms of I've got to lose 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 pounds. Think about it as one pound at a time one meal at a time, and take it in small increments. It's going to be a lot less overwhelming and you're going to allow yourself to feel a lot more success because if you're thinking about this big ass thing, right, and you're like, well, fuck, I only lost one pound. That means 99 more to go. It's not going to feel as great, but if you think of it as, damn, I lost one pound. That's fucking amazing, right? You see the different energies there? One energy is going to leave you feeling depleted and like you've got so far to go. Another one's going to feel you, like leave you feeling excited. All right, number seven, you have to stop worrying about the problems and start facing them head on. Have an optimistic outlook on life and on the problems. So many people start just like look at their problems and allow them to be a fucking roadblock, like a wall they can't move, right? And they start stressing about it and ultimately leaves them to their demise, right? So like say you're going into New Year's, you're like, I'm dead set. I'm going to get fucking healthy. I'm going to get happy. I'm going to do all these things. And the first problem, maybe it's work starts stressing you out and you have to work more hours. You look at that as a roadblock and then you start self-destructing and you start just fucking destroying everything and anything in your sight, right? So that's something we don't want to do. So if we stop looking at them as problems and we start looking at them as obstacles, right? A problem is a roadblock. It's a wall. An obstacle is like a hurdle that you have to jump over. It's a possible to jump over it or push it out of your way, but it's not a possible to move a brick fucking wall. So if you're looking at like, gosh, I've got to work more hours. I don't have any time to work out. Of course, you're going to look at it as a problem. Then you're going to start self-destructing. But if you say, all right, I've got to work more hours. How am I going to be able to fit in the things that are important to me, right? Which are my non-negotiables, which might be your workout or something like that. So you look at it from an optimistic standpoint. So you go into it with problem solving instead of self 
fucking annihilating okay so just go into everything with an optimistic outlook yes it's fucking tough it's really tough especially when you're in the pits but I will tell you the more that you train your brain to start looking for solutions instead of all these problems the more you're gonna say okay this fucking sucks I wish it didn't happen but this is a step I can take to get around it or these are the steps that I can take to change or this is an option instead of this right like you'll start going into problem solving mode which thus will leave you getting a lot more results. Okay, and the last one, and I would arguably say one of the most important ones, is you got to plan. You know the saying, right? Yeah, fail to plan, plan to fail. I truly 100% believe that to be true. And especially in the beginning, if you do not have a plan and you're just kind of freeballing it, y'all, that ain't the way to do this. Have a plan. I always sit down every single weekend with my family and we create a menu, right? We create a nutrition plan. So I say, all right, what are we going to have for supper every day? What's the day we're going to eat out? What am I going to have for lunch? I don't meal prep anymore. And you know, I fucking hated meal prepping and it stressed me out and I just found it wasn't worth it to me. I stay at home and work at home. So I don't have to meal prep. But if you're somebody that has to meal prep, then, you know, have a plan so you can prep, right? But if you're somebody that doesn't, I believe everybody should meal plan. I don't believe everybody needs to meal prep. Different situations call for different things, right? But I just don't believe everybody needs to meal prep. So when you're creating your meal plan, right? Sit down with your family so your husband can't bitch and complain about what you're cooking and say, all right, what are we going to have? Okay, so now you've got your meal plan. So now you got your menu on your refrigerator. You know what you're going to have every day. So it's going to be less scary when you're like on Wednesday, you had a long day and you're like, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to cook. And you're staring at your fridge and you can't figure it out. So you go to McDonald's. But now you can look at your menu and say, this is what I'm going to have to eat. Okay, have a workout plan. When I tell y'all, I saw, I used to fucking say, workout, home workouts weren't a possibility, right? Like I tried them so much and they aren't possible if you don't have a plan. I was just going on a YouTube and searching workouts or going on a Pinterest and searching workouts. No fucking shit, it didn't work because I didn't have a plan. Go into fitness having a plan. I do my Beachbody workouts. I fucking love them. I'm a coach with them. You can get them and join my groups. But if not, then go to fucking YouTube and save your videos of every day what you want to do. Put them on a calendar. Have a plan of what workouts you're going to do on what days, but also have a set date with yourself on what times you're going to do them. Y'all, the more that we have our like priorities penciled in, right? Like you put in the calendar things that are important to you so you don't blow them off. Your fitness, your nutrition, your health should fucking be important to you. So pencil that in like you would a date with your your daughter or something like that, right? Like pencil it in. So have your work your work week and your workouts and have a set date with yourself so you can prioritize them. Y'all remember, if we're wanting to make our health a priority, that means we need to make it a priority. And for me, that means I have a set time I work out every single day, right? Like I... Every day, my goal is by 7 a.m., I'm working out. Now, some days it doesn't work out, but I do have a plan B, right? Which is important to say, like, yes, have your plan, but know that you can have a flexible approach to your plan. It's important to have a plan, but also know that it ain't written in snow. Snow. (laughs) Ain't written in stone, so you can have that flexible approach, okay? 
right. So that is all I've got for y'all. Wow. This was a really long episode, but I really hope that it's been beneficial and really helped you. Before I recap all eight, I do want to remind you that if this episode was helpful and it did help you in any way, please do me a favor and go over to Apple and leave us a five star and a little note. It really does help the podcast grow. And we're getting so many new listeners every single day, but it really does help the podcast grow and we can help more people. If you're on Spotify, you can also click the five stars, but it really does does help me so, so much. And also share your stories and tag me um, because I know there's probably a lot of people that want to go into 2023 being optimistic and seeing results. Okay, so now let's go over the eight again. Number one, if God created it, stop stressing it. Number two, drink your water, get your movement and your sleep. Don't be a dehydrated bitch. (laughs) Number three is don't eat when you're not hungry and stop when you're full. Simplify the nutrition aspect. Number four is stop talking to yourself like an asshole. Ain't nobody ever been able to bully themselves healthy. Number five is stop spend more time in your future and less time in your present or your past. Focus on what your future self would like to do. Number six is take your health and weight loss one day at a time, one workout at a time, one decision at a time. Um, Number seven, you have to stop worrying about your problems and start facing them, having an optimistic outlook. And number eight, plan to fail, fail to plan. Have a plan and know that it's important to have a flexible approach to your plan, but have the plan nonetheless. All right. Hope this helped. And if it did, again, share it on your Instagram so I can let you know that I am so appreciative of you. But I'm going to leave you like I leave you every single week in a world full of bitches. Be that bitch. I love y'all and I'll see you next week.